WEEI Studios, 93.7, WEEI-FM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. And knowledgeable Boston sports talker dropping in hotter than a tropical climate. Breaking news, he supplies it, and you want the truth? Scoops Keith will find it. He's talking about all the sports, and he's also a hashtag dork. And a father of two sweet daughters, the leader of your squad for you evening marauders and night commuters. Tune in and sit tight. Six to ten, more like six to midnight. Ow, the mic's hot on a night's watch crew. Celtics, Bruins, Pats, and Red Sox, too. Doing this since the Rich Keith Project. Now we've got podcasts and Twitch stream content. KWFE on WEEI. It's the Rich Keith Show, so here's your guy. All right, welcome into a Wednesday night edition of the Rich Keith Show here on WEEI. WEEI and joining us as he does every Monday and Wednesday on the program is Nick Fitzy Stevens. Fitzy, how are you, sir? Oh, I'm not just joining you tonight, Rich. I'm joining you full throttle. Yes, full tilt. Yes, the uh, Red Sox we will get to in their full throttleness. I'm not sure Devers feels as though they are going full, full throttle. Um, uh, Dustin Pedroia thinks they're going no. even anywhere remotely near second or third gear. Papelbon, really anybody associated with the team currently, formerly, watches the team. Anybody not named John Henry, I would say, is upset with how things are going with the Red Sox right now. But today, Fitz, what a day down in Foxborough as ah. all the new coaches had a chance to uh, answer some questions. You had Gerard Mayo. Gerard Mayo and Alex Van Pelt, to me, would be the most interesting, the guys we're going to talk about the most. But then a whole bunch of other coaches, including Demarcus Covington, the new defensive coordinator, all had a chance to do a little uh, little Q&A. So it's sort of like a, a meet and greet with the new coaching staff today. And I got to tell you, from moment one, I just found it, regardless of what they had to say, and we can get to the meat and potatoes, yes. what, they, what they had to say and you know, give give the people what they want, which is just hardcore analysis of new coaching Break coordinator talk in late February. <laughs> uh, I like the pleasant tone and nature. I like yeah. the fact that it's, once again, collaborative. Yes. There's a nice new energy about things. It's open and it's pleasant. And while Bill Belichick shall remain the greatest coach in franchise history, if not league history, it's just nice for things to be the other way right now for a change. Yeah, I don't That's mind all. I don't That's mind all. the human experience. I don't mind no. the uh here's a question, here's an answer, and all right, we can go about our day. <sighs> <laughs> I need, like I don't need that part of it. Cause it. But it is funny because it is different and there was a few whether you think there were subtle shots, direct shots or whatever, just the way business was done versus the way it's gonna be done going forward that Gerard Mayo made today. You can look at it a couple ways, right? Because Bill Belichick Last year, it was a mess. The year before that, it was a mess. However, for 20 years, it was uh, it couldn't have been better. So uh, you're like, oh, just because you're doing it different doesn't mean you're going to have a lot of success because let's we not forget that the guy that was just doing it here did it a particular way but had more success than, than anybody else. So just because you have more people that are able to chime in, you have a bigger coaching staff than you have had in years past, you have more people picking the players – that's not a guarantee for success by any means. Now, did everyone who is on the new coaching tree as part of this new you know, like massive staff, 
Uh, did everyone get their own little meet and greet today? Because if so, the the Zooms are probably still going. Uh, no, you're right. Exactly. They're, they had so many so people. So many people. Like, all right, coming up next Patri- is the, the assistant to the assistant to the special here's, teams uh, coordinator. Bob Bicknell. Here's Tyler Hughes. Here's Whit Stillman. Here's uh, <laughs> Champ I mean, Hulahan. <laughs> we don't I mean, know. it just kept going. Yeah. And Mayo made a point of saying that, too. And, you know, I think it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, one thing I want to get to as far as a question I believe that was asked of Mayo as well. Yeah. Uh, but it makes a lot of sense for a first-year coach who is as young as he is. I mean, he's younger than both of the people speaking mm-hmm. in the microphone right now mm-hmm. on this very radio program that is so often centered around football and the Patriots. It makes a lot of sense as you're feeling your way into the murky, if not often dangerous waters of head coaching to surround yourself with as many people that can handle the details and the nuances that it takes to be in charge of such a massive operation. Like oh, you're not yeah. going to just be in charge like, hey, I used to fly planes all the time back in... Uh, you know, back in Vietnam. Cool. Um, would you like a support staff as you take this aircraft carrier out to sea, or you just want to do it yourself? Yeah, like, I got I mean, it. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to yeah. replace you're not going to replace Bill Belichick with one person. Like no. that wasn't obviously going to happen. No. And we'll see as it goes because all all it's going to come down to, no matter what these guys say in the press conference, is how successful they are. Because you can pick it apart either way. There are coaches that talk too much that are good, there, and then there are ones who talk too much who are bad. And mm-hmm. you don't say it's because they talk too much that is one way or the other. It's like, how good are they as a coach? But I think one thing that really jumped out to me is their roster's so bad, and they kind of know it. And I think that sort yeah. of led them to certain answers today. Uh, here's one question, in fact. Uh, here's Alex Van Pelt. Let's start with Alex Van Pelt, the offensive AVP. coordinator. Pill or AVP, which I like the AVP nickname, Alien versus Predator. Pretty good little film. AVP, AVP Requiem was, a, was not as good. No, it was not. That was significantly worse. AVP, I didn't mind. Just like Freddy versus Jason, also a pretty good little film. So AVP was asked, actually, the question's in here about the offense. Are you here to run the same offense that Kevin Stefanski ran in Cleveland? Uh, I would say same, similar. I'd say there's a lot of similarities. Um, again, it's those pieces of that puzzle. What what's available, and how can we make those guys successful? But there'll there'll be similarities. Um, you know, I've taken pieces of a lot of different offenses uh, over my time, and um, you know, kind of melded those together in what's best for us at that time. I know everybody, relax, settle down. I know you're very excited about bringing in the Cleveland Browns offense. I know everybody out there is like, is this gonna be the Browns offense from 2020 and 2021? Yeah, it might be. It might be a little taste of that Cleveland Browns offense, but. Even in this question and a couple of the other questions he was asked, he kind of went back to it kind of depends on what pieces we have. Like he was asked about like the scheme at one point and he was like, well, you know, we want to be, you know, get the best out of the, the players. So to me, what it squarely goes back to is are they taking Drake May? Are they taking Jaden Daniels or are they going with somebody else? Because Jaden Daniels is going to run something very different, I would think, than Drake May and Breaker Mayfield and some of these other guys. So. Unless AVP knows who his quarterback, and right now he doesn't, I think it is going to be kind of tough for him to, to answer these questions. Right. I mean, how, how can they possibly tell you? We've already seen several valuable vested veterans get cast off and cut out from the team this week, and there's probably more to come as well. And, and we've got the franchise tag period going on now, free agency in a couple of weeks, the draft two months away. There is no way that the roster right now and especially the offensive talent that, that Alex Van Pelt has to work with 
in any way, shape, or form will resemble what it does come, what is it, September 8th when the Patriots kick off the 2024 season. Mm -hmm. So he can tell you about a bunch of his philosophies. Like, I remember when you were a bit um, underwhelmed or nonplussed. Oh, yeah. Alex Van Pelt's introductory Instagram video. I am still, like, I'm down overall. Like, I'm down on Alex Van Pelt. Like, they haven't played a game yet. No, but I don't know. Come on, Rich. (laughs) I mean, who's excited about it? Nobody. Come on, Even Even Mayo's not excited about it. You can tell. You can tell, Mayo, like, we all know Alex Van Pelt wasn't the first choice, the second choice, the third choice, the fourth choice. I'll keep going. The seventh choice. He wasn't the 11th. He was the 12th choice. And at that point... It was that's like a, that's are, a who's big even number available? in New England Patriots. That is no, that's a good point. Maybe they did that in honor of. They're like, let's hire the twelfth candidate. Let's get the twelfth guy. Everyone either needs to be twelve eighty-seven yeah. or one ninety-nine going forward. So a tw- the twelfth choice, and it was like out of nowhere. We had known about the interview process forever. Guys started taking other jobs. There was reports, maybe, maybe they, it was a, a money thing with Nick Cayley, and then the next thing you know, it's Alex Van Pelt, and everyone's like, "What? What? Him? Like, okay." So it couldn't have possibly have been Gerard Mayo's first choice, mm-hmm. and yet in he steps in, and and now he may or may not run the Kevin Stefanski offense, which, as Andy Hart will point out every time, he didn't call plays there. So it's almost like. His time in Cleveland, can you give him credit? Can you give him blame? Is neither? Like, I don't know how that really works when you're uh, an offensive coordinator who's not the play caller. And listen, there's been plenty of guys in, in the past that weren't play callers and then took over and were fantastic. So, like, it does happen. Like, if you work right. for Sean McVay or if you work for uh, Matt LaFleur, if you work for Mike McDaniel or Kyle Shanahan, you're not calling plays. It doesn't mean when you go into your next job that you're not great at it. But, uh, yeah, I just still... I'm very underwhelmed by the hire. I'm underwhelmed by uh, Alex Van Pelt, the Browns offense, too. And, like, the thing that he said that we talked about from that clip when they were, like, promoting him was, you know, you got to run the ball and you you run the ball and you win games. That's what they tried to do in Cleveland. They had Nick Chubb. They had one of the best running backs in football, and that was their goal was to to run the ball. So I do feel like that is going to be a calling card of this team, or at least they're going to hope that it is. Hey, listen, I'll tell you right now, if – the 2024 New England Patriots, and yes, it will, and it's probably going to be as I mean, if he if he's never called plays, if he's been offensive coordinator in name only, and Stefanski was the one who called plays, and you know whether he was back in Buffalo or wherever else, Alex yeah. Van Pelt has worked over his 15 plus years of broadcast, post playing and broadcasting and coaching. Uh, if it's a little Stefanski, if it's a little mm-hmm. Van Pelt, a little McDaniel's, a little West Coast, whatever, that's fine. Um. I, I all I care about all I care about is that it's it's functional and that it doesn't make a complete mess of itself. And if you're looking to the two, like as we said, oh man, can't wait for that 2020 or 2021 Cleveland offense. Like, if you're going to give me the 2020 Cleveland Browns, by and large, let alone on offense as well, I can live with it because that team kicked the crap out of the Steelers in the wild card round and then was one turnover away from upsetting the Chiefs in the divisional round at Arrowhead as well. Like. They could move the ball. It was a Donovan Peoples-Jones idiotic extending the ball. Right, 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 uh, right, right. fumble at the pylon. Like, that team could move the ball. That team was pretty good. Now, I'm not going to sit here and try to sell everybody on a bill of Cleveland Browns goods right now and, like, hey, we're the new Browns because nobody's going to get excited about that. Yeah, nobody I don't, wants I don't, that. Yeah. I, don't anti- I, don't, I don't anticipate anybody getting that very excited about it right now. What you should be, what you should be excited about is the fact that there is an, there's 
good, clear, open lines of communication, and there's an upbeat tone about things. We don't know what the roster is going to look like. We don't know what the style of gameplay on both sides. I would imagine I would imagine Covington's defense will look very similar to the Belichick and Belichick and Mayo defense yeah. of recent year. They're just going to get younger. What the offense looks like, it's a little bit of a mystery. Well, I don't mind a does. mystery every now and then. <laughs> I, I like a whodunit. I'm a big fan of a whodunit. And, uh, you know, I think the defense should be good. And, you know, that's Mayo and Covington's territory. The offense, and this is what we've been saying over the last few years, is even if you can just get it to an average offense, then maybe you can win if you can win more games because you have a good defense, average offense, not the formula to win Super Bowls, but it might be the formula to turn things around. Because I just fear that Alex Van Pelt, Ben McAdoo, the other guys they hired – Sort of the ceiling is average, right? Like the ceiling is like an above average. The ceiling, the ceiling is above average. Okay. Not great. I, right. I think the ceiling is like, can I can I get productive out of you? Yeah, that's what you're looking for. And then it's just it's so massive, regardless of who the coaching staff was was going to be, is who the number three pick is or what they do with that number three pick. And if that is a quarterback, do you hit on it? Like that's what it comes down to. Whether you have the greatest offensive coordinator, or the worst offensive coordinator, or somebody in between. You need to hit on that pick. Uh, you guys can join us as the Patriots uh, coordinators and new head coach, Gerard Mayo, all answered questions today down in Foxborough. We'll hear from Gerard Mayo. Also, Alex Van Pelt, when he was asked about if Mac Jones could be the starter. We'll give you that coming up. You can join us at 617-779-7937. It's a full tang Wednesday night Rich Keefe show with Fitzy. Right now, here is Stiz with What's Trending. The Greg Hill Show, weekdays 6 to 10. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. All right, let's get you caught up with what's trending right now. The Patriots held a press conference earlier today to introduce their new coaches. Gerard Mayo kicked things off, followed by new defensive coordinator Demarcus Covington. New offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt, or AVP, as we like to call him, and Jeremy Springer as the new special teams coordinator. Here's a little bit from head coach Mayo. Yeah, I'm, ex- I'm expecting, you know, first and foremost, a tough team. A uh, tough team, and I think after that it really gets into uh, smart players. But you don't have to be a genius, but you have to be smart enough and really uh, explosive players and guys that really play for one another. Uh, we want to check our egos. Oh, hold on. We, we, you know, this is, you know, even from a coaching staff, you know, I say it's an ego-free zone. And once we get the coaches on that same page, you hope that the players will, will follow suit and go out there and play for one another. Patriots currently have 17 new coaches in total. Bruins four-game road trip out west begins tonight. They're in Edmonton taking on the Oilers. Puck drops at 10 p.m. from Rogers Place. Edmonton currently on an eight-game win streak. Both teams have 33 wins on the season. Linus Olmark will be in the net for your Bruins. Also, some Bruins milestones are approaching. Jim Montgomery closing in on 100 wins. He's currently at 98. Brad Marchand closing in on 400 goals. He's currently at 397. And David Pasternak coming up on 700 points. He's currently at 697. According to Chris Cotillo, the Red Sox have shown interest in former Yankees slugger Gio Urshela. Urshela, a free agent, and is looking for his next opportunity after spending the 2023 season with the Los Angeles Angels. Also, Sox right-hander Brian Bale told reporters today that he is engaged in contract discussions with the team and that they are more or less close to a new deal. I'm Stiz. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. More Rich Key Show coming up. 
You can stream the show or listen on demand anytime. Just download the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Say W-E-E-I's a favorite and listen wherever you go. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on W-E-E-I. Back here on the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy, W-E-E-I. You can join us at 617-779-7937. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Rich Keefe Show. As uh, the new head coach, Gerard Mayo, spoke to the media today, as did all the new coordinators, including Alex Van Pelt, or AVP, which, uh, you know, Mayo's big nickname guy with Thunder, now AVP, which I like. Uh, better than Pill, probably. Call Who him. calls him Pill? That's his, that's his uh, football reference nickname, Pill. Pill? Yeah, Pill. Pillsbury Doughboy. No. For, yeah, for reals. Yeah. No, really, just like Jared Lorenzen, RIP was the Pillsbury throw boy. He sure was. Yeah, he was God great. Awesome. Uh, here's AVP when asked uh, about Mac Jones. You mentioned that you had a chance to meet Mac Jones. Can you envision him being this team's starter next season? Right, you know, really right now, everything is on the table. Um, as we go through this process, we're really this last couple weeks, 10 days, have just been diving into who we are. Uh, trying to evaluate our guys, um, you know, a lot of people in this situation on staffs that have been here, they're doing free agency. Well, we're doing our guys as they are free agents. So we're trying to understand who we have here as well as looking at other players out there. But right now, everything is on the table and we're just still working through that process. When that time comes, I'm sure we'll, it'll be a, you know, a collaborative effort and, and we'll make the right decisions. Well, let me just uh, offer my two cents here. That should not be on the table. If if Mac Jones starting is on the table, your table's too big. You need a smaller table. You don't need we'll as many throw the things. table away. You don't need as many things on the table. Devon, get the tables. You don't need that. You need to. You need to do less. Now, I know it's probably just like a, a, a political answer, or a, hey, I don't want to you know rock the boat too much, so I'm not going to freak out about that like I did with the running game thing. But no, this should not be anywhere near. The conversation. It's either Drake May or Jaden Daniels or Baker Mayfield or Bo Nix or Michael Penix. Like, you can stop me there. Like, free agent, rookie. Hell, if it's a guy on the roster, it's Bailey Zappi. It's not Mac Jones. It cannot be oh. Mac Jones. I don't want Zappi either, but I it, it can't Bailey. be Mac Jones. Give me Nathan Rourke at this point. Ooh, big hell, Nate Rourke. Just, yeah, hell big yeah. Nate, big Nate, the Canadian Rocket. Uh, I mean, look. It would have been awesome. It would have made great theater, and it would have told me that Alex Van Pelt, a.k.a. Big Pill, Big is Pill. Uh, running a different show. Yeah, like yeah. He's, he's already established himself. Like He's putting his foot in the dirt, drawing a line in the sand. If he came out and he goes, uh, I appreciate the fact that Mac Jones tried around here, but um, let me tell you what. This guy sucks. Yeah. And We're no. down here. No, yeah, or just like, or you know what? Someone else broke him. I I really don't feel like fixing someone else's toys. Well, also so when you go have, ahead and you know, just, you got, no, you got ten guys in the draft room, so you don't even know if they're going to take a quarterback at three. So Van Pelt's probably wondering, like, hey, I would love one of those guys and kind of really start fresh. But we don't even know who they're going to take. We thought last year, and I know it was Belichick, but we thought coming off a historically bad offense, we thought Bill might address the offense in the draft, Ooh, and no. he didn't. Not oh, until the fourth round. <laughs> and even then, it was like, okay, alignment. Guards. Guards. More guards. Guards. Give me guards. 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 You get a guard. And you uh, get a guard. Um, I did walk away from today yes. feeling as if Elliot Wolf, his name came up many times in questions from the media assembled. I walked away from today feeling like Elliot Wolf has a bigger say in matters. Like he's going to have a big. Thank you. 
That's Elliot Wolf. That's Elliot Wolf's music. So you That's know what the, that means. Yeah, he is the guy. The he, Wolf of Ball Street, baby. <laughs> he's got a. I think he's going to have yeah. a bigger say in matters than a lot of people be- like believe that. You know, we were wondering, like, oh, is this guy going to be the GM? He's going to be the assistant GM or just GM and without the title? Like, no, I think he's actually going to have a heavy hand in how things go. And Mayo's going to be leaning on him a lot. And not just for, like, should we draft this guy or that right. guy or should we sign this guy or that guy? Like, I think Elliot Wolf is part of the overall collective football brain trust and is going to have a lot of input. Yeah, I would agree. I think he is... Uh... Well, as Belichick said on his way out the door, somebody has to have the final say. And Bill tried to play it up like it was always collaborative, but somebody has to have the final say. And so it feels like it's going to be Elliot Wolf. It's, it's Wolf's. Uh, I mean, you would imagine Alex Van Pelt. I know it was a collaborative, as Mayo said, but the hiring process, you think Elliot Wolf hired uh, Alex Van Pelt? Or do you think that was Mayo? Or do you think that was Macro or Jonathan Kraft? I feel like that was. Probably more so. Sorry, I was just la- anyone who's watching on Twitch, like, why the hell is Fitzy laughing? So I was just laughing, thinking, like, imagine every time he walks through a door at Gillette Stadium, that that uh, music plays for Elliot Wolf. Just- <laughs> it should. I mean, I feel How like every time we mention him on the show. <laughs> okay, guys. Yeah, it's me. Okay. Got it. Yeah, still yep. me. Great. Yep. Got it. Thank you. Okay. All right, everyone, have a seat, yep. please. So, like, oh no, they're doing the extended play. Yep, they're doing the extended play. <laughs> I don't mind I that. I actually do think, considering the, considering the Cleveland ties that bind this coaching staff yeah. and how familiar he seems to be with all these guys, I do. I think Elliot Wolf leaned in and said, like, look, if we can't get the guy that we want that is Shanahan or McVay adjacent or somebody who just excites the entire front office and the executives and ownership, yeah. like... I got a guy I worked with there. He's available. He's a steady hand. You can have your input, like, especially considering, you know, how would you feel about, let me ask you this. How and would Vin you Pelt, feel? Real quick, real quick. I mean, I, so Wolf oh, go, go. actually, that was in, uh, they didn't work together in Cleveland. I don't think it was in Green Bay. So uh, Van Pelt was in Green Bay for a long time. Wolf was there. But still, those are, those are Wolf's spots. So he, like, really, if you go through anybody from Green Bay or Cleveland over the last several years, I feel like yeah. that's the direct tie to Wolf. But anyway, just correcting yeah, yeah, that. No, thanks. Um, yeah, but like he knows people that have been there and trust them sure, as well, yeah. and they obviously cross you know cross the streams in Green Bay for a mm-hmm. while too. But how would you let me ask you this? Just to everyone that was like, hey, hire uh, you know, hire the, the, the this guy, the coach tight ends, hire you know Nick Cayley, hire Kubiak. How would you feel? How, who do you trust more to develop and work with your rookie quarterback, whether he be the third overall pick? pick number eight or a second round quarterback do you trust somebody like Alex Van Pelt who played the position mm-hmm. and has been working with quarterbacks for years in the NFL or somebody like Nick Haley who's coached tight ends but never coached quarterbacks yeah that's why Nick Haley wasn't my first choice that's why like Zach Robinson was much higher because he was higher on the pecking order he also himself was a former quarterback but I think he was closer to and was with McVay longer so yeah, Kaylee's sort of a, like, just how much of the one-year shine were you going to get from McVay? So I think Kaylee was a little overhyped in this process. I would still take, like, Clint Kubiak, for example, I'll take my chances. Like, is he the next Bobby Slowick? Is he the ne- like, I, one of these guys off of Shanahan or McVay? I still think it's the way to go. I think rather than the guy that coached for Dick Jerron 20 years ago and then wasn't asked to be an offensive coordinator for like 15 years and then was, you know, the guy behind Kevin Stefanski. And Stefanski, 
is not like a bum by any means. He's just not sort of that new age offense that you think about. So nope. yeah, I I don't know. Like I I still I'm not, and, and maybe Van Pelt will will surprise me, and maybe he'll take the next rookie quarterback and and, and turn him into something incredible. But I just I don't know. Uh, let's go to the phones here on the uh, all the pressers from today down in Foxborough. Let's go to Jay up in Maine. He joins us next. What's up, Jay? Hey, thanks for taking my call, Rich. Yep. Um, it just seems like we got a bad case of the triple C here, just collective collaboration and confusion, <laughs> because the way that AVP describes his ideal quarterback and also his comments on Mac Jones, it looks like he's looking for something outside of the third pick. You got Gerard Mayo talking about burning cash, and then you got Elliot Wolf doing God knows what behind the desk, and in the Bill Parcellism of you know the you got one guy shopping for the groceries, you got one guy cooking, and it seems like there's 16 other cooks in the kitchen just searching for a recipe. It looks like a disaster, but I'll hang up and listen. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Jay. There is, I mean, it is so different than what it's been. You know, that's for sure. And so I think it was time for a change. I was certainly one of the, all right, it's time for Bill Belichick to move on. And now it's like, all right, what are we going to get? And Sawyer. they kind of go polar hey. opposite. They go, huh? Is he on with us or no? I think he just had I'm a back. child emergency. Oh, okay. You good? <laughs> no, I'm good. It was, that was purely technology-based. Okay. Though, but we, had, we had a little tower issue. The, I Our caller was talking about, I think we have a case of the triple Cs, yeah, and yeah. then it just went out on me, and see I didn't it. get to hear what the triple Cs were. Uh, it was collaboration, something, and confusion. So basically being like, you almost have too many, like, you know, too many cooks. Like, that's what Already he's we're complaining about too many cooks in the kitchen? I think, yeah. He's, he thinks the thing's going to be a disaster. I think he is, he is oh. down on it. I just think it's going to be different, but it, it's very strange to me how they went about this whole process, how their head coach, they uh, conducted zero interviews. Their offensive coordinator, they conducted as many as they possibly could. And then, you know, defensive coordinator also wasn't really anything. I was like, oh, that was an automatic. Uh, actually, no, they did do a few interviews there. I apologize. They did a few there, but the offensive coordinator thing was like, was nonstop. So, I don't know, like, let's give Elliot Wolf a chance. Like, he hasn't had the draft yet. I think in two months we'll have a lot more opinions on him, on, like, all the different options that they have in front of him and how they kind of handle this. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he's he's one that's not fired up. Oh, the other thing you mentioned was Alex Van okay. Pelt talking about his ideal quarterback today. I don't mm-hmm. know if you caught that, but basically he went smart, tough, leader. I think he threw an accuracy in there as well, but those were – what he mentioned the most. And it's kind of funny because when he talked about offensive linemen, I think he highlighted their athleticism. So he didn't mention like an athletic quarterback, but he wants an athletic lineman and he just wants a tough mm-hmm. quarterback. So an athletic, an athletic lineman mm-hmm. would play into the whole, you run the ball to win football games type of jam. And that was a pretty athletic line for Cleveland because they were a run base first team as well. Right. right. Now, you give me Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in their prime, and I think I'll probably feel a whole lot better yeah. if they're running behind Joel Batonio. Right. Um, it, it, you want a quarterback to be tough, uh, then get ready for Jacoby Brissett or Baker Mayfield to be under center game one, snap one, come September 2024. Jacoby Brissett's a tough son of a gun yeah. um, and is obviously now hung around for six, seven, eight, nine, ten. This be his ninth year in the league. I don't think you're going to see Russell Wilson. I don't think you're going to see Jimmy Garoppolo. No. I, no. I think you're going to see you're probably going to see somebody who doesn't miss games. You're going to see somebody who's out there all the time. I think they probably want a serviceable, dependable, like you said, tough quarterback 
while they figure out what they're doing with insert name of high draft pick QB here behind well, the scenes. Well, it's funny you mentioned Baker Mayfield, and he's coming off a really good season. He is a free agent. I know everybody assumed he's going back to Tampa, but Elliot Wolf was a part of the front office that drafted him number one overall. And then two years later, Alex Van Pelt joined the Brown staff. When Wolf left, they sort of like tagged out there in Cleveland. And so both overlap quite a bit with Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. So you wonder if there's going to be kind of a push and if both those guys want Baker. Now, other side of that is, remember we were going through all Ben McAdoo's rankings because like he was saying how he wanted Patrick Mahomes and all this stuff for those, those reports. I oh, guess he had... And love Josh Allen. Yeah. I guess in the 2018 draft, he was pretty low on Baker. So he was, but what yeah. he said was, oh, he's just I short, he right? had him ranked six out of six. But what he said was, he didn't see a lot of, he saw a lot of plays and talent that would get you ahead in college. Didn't see a lot of pro sized yeah. talent. All right, so maybe now that he's seen it in the pros, maybe he feels a little bit differently. Uh, back to the phones, we got Matt in Rhode Island. What's up, Matt? Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, hey listen, I love Baker. I love Baker Mayfield. Hey. I think at the point in his career, I think it's worth paying him that money. And he's also he's he's undervalued tough. Remember that um, the year when everything went down with Odell Beckham and stuff. I mean that guy played with like five six different injuries. He was he was a mess, but he stood in there and did it. Um, on the other side of the coin, I would not take Drake May. But um, I called on AVP. Okay. Oh wow! You got to call mm-hmm. everyone's got to call me AVP. That's the first thing. Yeah, I like that's that. The first thing, and yep. that's really all I got. Oh, um, so the first and only thing. Kidding. All right. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just kidding. I think um, all this speak is political. Um, once they fill out the roster, I guess, you know, you'd have a better idea of what he wants to do. Um, and it's going to be better than Jesus. the last two years, guys. Big it's going to be better than the last two years. Um, yeah, I just think about it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, oh. All right, thanks, guys. All right, Matt. I don't Listen, I don't know what people do in their own time. You think he's on speed? What is he doing? Matt's passionate. No, I love the passion. Yeah, I encourage the passion. passion. He won. No, I love I, Listen, we'll take, we'll take Matt any time. But that was particularly rushed. He was, was he not was he gassed up for the call or what? He's always gassed up. No, that's true. no he is. He's always no, gassed he up. He gets ahead of himself. I used I, my nickname for him is Double Dry Hop Matt because I know he's a big fan of the craft. He's like you right. and I as well. I, like that. I don't think I don't think I don't, I don't but think, that doesn't make me like shot out of a cannon. Well that has the opposite I effect. Mean, to I each think. his own. Maybe you know, I was gonna say maybe he was just you know, maybe he was hanging outside of like Jesus. the quick check or something, ripping a dart, wasn't expecting to get on as quick as he did. He coughed a couple <laughs> times and then he kinda he tried to like run back over it. Like that was He gets intense. emotional about his new coaching yeah. staff. He's excited. All right, so you, listen, you don't need to sell me on Baker Mayfield. I've been telling people about Baker Mayfield since day one. I had Baker Mayfield winning the MVP like three years ago. So I'm all I've already if they Did signed you have Baker his Mayfield, comeback player of the year for last year? You name it. I, I thought he was, I, I had the Bucks winning the division because of Baker Mayfield. So I am I am sold on Baker Mayfield. I don't care how much it costs because I I figure that's what you have Elliot Wolf and Matt Groh and all the other people up there with the calculators to figure out. They can Nerds. get the, the, you're right. But you get him a Marvin Harrison and a Michael Pittman or something along those lines, and then you get going. Then you get you're cooking with gas at that. Okay, moment. so with eighty million dollars available in salary cap uh-huh. space, perhaps even a whisker more once they finally rid themselves of the corpse of J.C. Jackson, <laughs> then you're going to be talking about okay, Baker Mayfield. Uh, if he's going to be like four for one fifty with X amount of money guaranteed up top. Then that would be they would they'd be burning some cash. Yeah, don't you want to give him and or any other quarterback like some tackles? Yeah, you got to like, give him a chance. You got to you got to protect him and you got to right. give him somebody to throw to. Okay, you know, um, warm body and stiff underman playing tackle, Love but it. Baker Mayfield and Michael Pittman or Mike Evans and 
Marvin Harrison Jr. Or would you could you party with, let's say Jacoby Brissett, but now I'll give you Tyron Smith, Mike Wenu, maybe a, you know like a Keith yeah Hunter, on one who, on one who probably needs to be back. I'll I'll give you uh-huh. that. But you know, looking at his his best years were probably his rookie year. His third year, that year twenty twenty, yep, and then this past year with the Bucks, and we know you know Mike Evans. That sort of jumps off the page. But in twenty twenty, I mean, that was sort of a weird year. You know, you had the Odell Beckham thing, who had like his moments, and then like what was it Odell's dad was like trashing Baker Mayfield, and Mayfield just kind of like pushed through it. And as the caller said, he like or as Matt said, he was playing. Odell's through mom back in twenty nineteen when I was at mom? the stadium. Yeah. Odell's mom was walking through the stadium talking about how badly I overheard her. Yeah, how badly she wanted uh, Baker to come play for the Patriots. Or so Odell, she, so, she's yeah, Odell, yeah, yeah, so yeah. he could re- reunite with Brady. Yeah, right. So he like he didn't even want to be there, and Baker was out. trying to steer that thing mm-hmm. the best he could. They went eleven and five. His leading receiver was Jarvis Landry. But even then, it was like 80, 840 yards, three touchdowns. So he actually threw touchdowns to like a million different guys. And even though like Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham were big names, like he didn't have like a go-to stud receiver even. Like Odell, Odell has been a stud, but he wasn't in 2020. Uh, back to the phones. We got Dave in the car. What's going on, Dave? Hey, Rich Fitzy, Stiz. How are you gentlemen doing tonight? Very good. Hi, buddy. Excellent. So, so I... Talking about AVP and the and the offense for the past this year, I don't know anything. It could be a complete dumpster fire, but I want to put a little nugget in your head about his time in Cleveland. Okay. So what if he designed the plays and hated the way Stefanski called them, and now he's going to get a chance to design and call his own plays? It's possible. Kind of like when a news reporter is doing the teleprompter. They're great, but they go off script and they're (laughs) just shells. Yeah. So with that, I'm now going to back slowly into the hedges. Yeah, exactly. Like that, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe everything. You can put anything. Burgundy will read anything. That's right. Maybe Van Pell. Everything he does is great, and Stefanski's been the one screwing it up. Possible. Uh-huh. I don't know, but I just look at a guy, and I know over the last what would you say five or ten years, it seems like coaches have fast tracked a lot more than they did in re- like you used to have to be an offensive or a defensive coordinator for like 10 years before you could be a head coach. Like it was such a grind. Now it's like, Oh, you were like the QB coach assistant for one year with McVay. Like you're now a head coach. So guys have been fast tracked a lot more, but I, I bring that up to say Alex Van Pelt has been in the NFL as a coach for like 25 years since, since the George Bush, the second was it? Yes. And I think he's called plays for like 20 games. So it's like, all right, is that he just didn't find the right place or like all these teams passed up on him or is maybe he's just a really good QB coach. Well, would you feel better about like Dave Canales coming in as the as the head coach of the Patriots? I wouldn't want Dave Canales as the head coach of the Patriots, but I am pro like uh, I wanted an offensive guy as the head coach only because if the offensive guy is really, really good. Now, maybe Van Pelt doesn't fit this criteria, but had they gotten Zach Robinson, for example, as their mm-hmm. offensive coordinator, and he gets Jaden Daniels, kid wins rookie of the year, Zach Robinson's gone in a year or two. Like, yep. gone. Whereas, because they just go to become head coaches. So now you have a defensive guy as your head coach, so I think that kind of blocks that. But Van Pelt, different story. Like, most of these offensive coordinators that got hired this year, I feel like, are what? In their 30s or 40s. You know, Van, oh, Pelt's yeah. a, Van Pelt's a little bit different, so maybe he's not. In, he's fifty three, so maybe he's not in a rush 
to go anywhere, even if he has a really good season with a rookie quarterback. Oh, no. Van Pelt is going to want to, like, I won't say rehabilitate his image, but make his own mark. Like, yeah, yeah, he right. will be calling plays. I think they asked him if he was going to be calling plays. I think they did the same of Covington as well. You can be pretty sure right now, barring some sort of you who, know, who else change. would if it wasn't That's Van what I'm Pelt. saying. Like, oh. he's going to be calling plays. So, this is his chance to actually establish a reputation on his own mm-hmm. as a true offensive coordinator and play caller as opposed to a lackey or a second-hand OC under Stefanski and in some of his various other stops. I don't think he's going anywhere. He's officially going to be the guy that lingers at Stiz's UFC party that you have to say, like, all right, you got to go. But you right, got to you're gonna have to yeah. pack your things. But, I'm, but I got I got to work early tomorrow. Let's go. Mm-hmm. All right, you can join us, 617-779-7937. All the coaches were uh, – or uh, the head coach and the coordinators – little Q&A down in uh, Foxborough, so we're uh, reacting to their comments today. We'll also try to win some bets in the bet du jour. Coming up next, it's the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy here on WEI. You can watch the show anytime via our live stream on Twitch. Just go to twitch.tv slash Boston WEI and check out WEI on YouTube for our video on demand content updated daily. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEI. Back here on the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy WEI. You can join the program at 617-779-7937. Gerard Mayo and his coordinators all spoke down at Gillette today. We're sort of picking that apart. It is a Would You Rather Wednesday, so we got some questions coming up at 7. Let's go back to the phones right now before we get to our bet du jour. we got AJ down the Cape. What's going on, AJ? Hey, Keith. Hey. Uh, just uh, three quick things. First of all, I'd like to compliment you on the show since uh, you, I've been listening to you since uh, you were with Dale and Holly. And your evening show is you're a much better uh, main dude than a sidekick. All right. I'll take that as a compliment. Second, yeah, seriously. <laughs> absolutely. Second all right. of all, when you're looking at the Patriots, if you, I'm wondering if, you know, Kraft's a businessman, if he looks at it from a business perspective, and is it actually more fiscally feasible to just draft as much of the team as you can and then pay big money for a star quarterback? Or are you better off drafting the quarterback and then paying for star, you know, is it cheaper to pay for star talent around him? Okay, and then what's and the third thing? My third, yeah. The third thing is, is just about the Red Sox is what a joke it is. And that, you know, why would I spend money to go up to Boston and sit in crappy sheets and and drink and eat overpriced food and beers when you can go out to Worcester and have a much better experience or up to Portland Mm -hmm. for, you know, probably half the price of what you pay. The whole Fenway experience is a joke. It's just a, a facade that they're trying to cover up for having such a crappy team. All right, AJ. Thanks for the phone call. Appreciate the uh, the kind words in there. Uh, so let's start and let's go in reverse order. So okay. the Red Sox at one point it was uh, tough to sort of sell it. Now I think it's impossible. Like it's impossible to be like, here's why you're going to be interested. Here's why you should tune in every night. And I say that as the host of the freaking pregame show. So I want this team to be good. I want this team to be entertaining. Maybe even more than anything else. Like just give us. Entertaining baseball games. Give us a handful of players that are must-see, must-listen to. 
They don't have that. And even their own players are saying that. So it's like, what the hell are we supposed to do? If we're if we're really giving like an honest assessment of the Red Sox, mm-hmm. what's getting you to watch or listen right now? Uh, if the, is there anyone in Boston <laughs> that doesn't work directly for the Red Sox who will suffer due to the team being crappy more than the guy that hosts the pregame show? I can't who, think of anybody. When the Red Sox are not on, actually hosts the show that's on in place of the Red Sox as well. Whereas most people may think like, I'm not turning on EEI tonight. The Sox are going to be on. I'm not going to have, I don't want to listen to a funeral with a ball and a bat. Listen, we are going to have the best one hour pregame show for the Boston Red Sox in the world. And we're going to give it our all. We're going to give it our best. That's all we can do. Uh, That's that's all that can, that's all that can be asked. Yeah. When you've got Rafi Devers saying through his translator, like, yeah, no, we, we told them we needed more. We've asked for help and we haven't gotten it. When Dustin Pedroia is like, yeah, not only am I not going to take your invitation to come down there, and do a little former Red Sox World Series champ, Silver Slugger, slap and tickle. I'm going to tell you uh, what players are still available and who you need to sign to get this act together. Like it is, it is become. It's not a regional joke. It's a national no. embarrassment at this point. It's amazing. I mean, the uh, current team, the former team, the current manager, the fans all hate what's going on. They're all people are are coming. John Henry is bringing everybody together on this. That you can't He's a unifier. You can't, He's you a great can't, unifier. You can't get ten people to agree on any one thing in the world, and yet here we are. Everyone's pissed at the direction of the Red Sox. As for his point on the Patriots, I, like money's money, and you got to spend big money on good players. So whether you want to sign the quarterback in free agency and draft the receivers and the tackles, or if you want to draft the quarterback and then sign the receivers and the tackles, it's still big money for premium positions, isn't it? Of course it is. Yeah, I mean, That's you can win both. It. You can win both ways. Yes, like two things can be true at once. You can win with, you know, a decent game manager quarterback who is surrounded by elite level talent and a boss offensive line. You can also have an okay offensive line, some decent receivers, and a killer at quarterback who can lead you to the promised land or at least drag the team up to, if not beyond his level. Well, I know Mahomes, both things can yeah. happen, and I know Mahomes is, you know, now like the modern Brady, so he's kind of a freak, and maybe you shouldn't use him as examples. But I would just say, as far as roster construction, Kansas City won a Super Bowl when he was on his rookie deal, and then they also won a Super Bowl when he had the biggest cap hit in the league. Yep. So it's like, all right, as long as your players are good, <laughs> like the only time it stings is when you have a really big cap hit on a player who stinks. Like that's what kills you. Because you're like, like, all right, Russell yeah. Wilson. Yeah, like, what do I do? What do I do with this? And then you're 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 kind of hamstrung in that regard. All right, speaking of money, let's try to make some right now in the bet du jour. What is that? Great question. The bet of the day. Mm. NBA still in the uh, the All Star break, so you have some college basketball. You have some uh, NHL hockey. Fitzy, where are you going tonight? I was tempted to go to college basketball as I have yet to place a wager. On NCAA men's B uh, to this point in the year, oh, yeah, we're sneaking continue. up. On, we got to get in there because uh, obviously the season's been going on for a while. Tournament starts is it one exactly one month from today or maybe one month yesterday? I think it's like the twenty first. I think this tournament officially kicks and off. How about that upset of the by Creighton over UConn yeah, last night? I know. Wow, that was a big, absolute wagon smoked by one of yep. the small dogs there. Looking yep. forward to. Looking forward to filling out a bracket and being eliminated by Thursday night in a couple of weeks. Definitely. Uh, no, I decided I went. I went to the NHL. Nice. You know what? Ha- you know what happens when the brew? I'm gonna. I'm gonna because I'm gonna keep it local. Uh, right. It's a game I'll have my eye on all night, all right. at least until I fall asleep on the sofa, half in the bag. Correct. Um, I'm gonna watch Bruins Oilers, and usually when they play each other, goals get scored. So I'm gonna take over six and a half goals scored okay. tonight in 
Bees at Oilers. I will give you. I got a goal in that game. That's going to be my pick. Uh, Connor McDavid hasn't scored goals at the clip that he did a year ago. Last year, McDavid, mm. on his way to winning another MVP, scored sixty-four goals to lead the league. Oh, he also had one hundred and fifty-three points. Sick. This year, only twenty-one goals in uh, fifty games. And so he's been on a little bit of a goalless drought. I was looking. it has been a bunch of games that he hasn't scored a goal. By my count, was like six. So I think he, uh, I think he gets one tonight. I think, like you said, there could be a, a, a pile of goals for both sides. So it's plus one ten. Get a little bit of juice for a Connor McDavid goal. So I will take mm-hmm. that. Uh, Stiz, what do you have tonight, good sir? Uh, I did a little college ball last night. Shout out to Syracuse. Yep. Uh, they did they did well for me tonight. I too am going to go Bruins. Right. Uh, Oilers are, have won eight straight, but I think the Bruins can do it. Just give me the Bruins money line. It's plus one fourteen. All right, Bruins money line over six and a half goals and a Connor McDavid goal. That sounds like a same game parlay to me. I like it right it there. Does. I'm I'm going to actually take a minute there to figure out exactly what that'll pay okay, the people. Okay, not too bad. I'll tell you what, we got one hour down, three hours to go on the Rich Keefe Show. You can join us at six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. Gerard Mayo, Alex Van Pelt taking some uh, questions and answers. We we'll get more into Rafael Devers' comments from yesterday. But when we come back. We'll answer some Would You Rather Wednesday questions. Coming up next here on WEEI.